Hello, residents of Meeple Town. This is Dean. This is Darren. And today is the moment you've been waiting for, our top 10 games of all time. And that's all we're going to be talking about. So thanks for joining us for episode 143 as we seek to create community through board gaming. Residents of Meeple Town, if you were here right now, you would see Dean with his number one foam finger and his air horn in the other hand, because this is our top 10. What an exciting time, Dean. I'm stoked about this. Yeah, me too. Me too. I'm... <laughs> yeah, you sound it. I, it's weird because, you know, all the years we've done this, I've I've had an idea of mostly what John's list is since the beginning because our list change, but especially the top 10, my list hasn't changed a ton in my top 10. Now you'll see some changes this time, but I really have no idea. I've, I'm, I have a couple of guesses in my mind of what some of your top games will be, but not all 10 for sure. And you have warned me that they're garbage. And so... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> They're not garbage by any means, but I, I do get a feeling I may catch some flack from from Meeple Town for this. But uh, like I told you from the beginning, folks, I'm always going to go with with fun and excitement and theme over over anything else. So so don't judge me. This is who I am. When you judge my top ten games, you're judging who I am as a person. So you think <laughs> about that, Meeple Town, before you start uh, at me, yo. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if our residents talk like that, do they? Do they? Hey, anything's possible. We have residents all over the world. We have residents right now in Italy, I know. And that's not because I'm looking at demographic sheets. That's because my in-laws are in Italy right now on like this three-week-long vacation, just like going from started at the south of Italy, the tip of the boot, all the way up towards uh towards Venice. So uh and and my father-in-law asked me, when does the did I miss the the twenty through twenty through eleven? Because I've been trying to listen. Did I miss that one? So I know, I know they're listening. He's looking to download. We got listeners all over the world that talk in all kinds of different ways. Dean, don't be so Probably, judgy. Are they wearing their Meeple Town merch on this trip? Uh, I'm pretty sure he is. Yes, I'm pretty sure so, he's in a Meeple Town T-shirt with him. There we go. So be on the lookout, residents <laughs> that are in Italy, which we do have some listeners in Italy. So that's that's fantastic. There you go. Got to represent. That's right. I'm I'm guessing they're probably not going to run into anybody if they wore a Meeple Town merch that is going to recognize Meeple Town. I don't know. The Lord works in mysterious ways, dude. That is, that is true. Hey, <laughs> before we get started, and I'm going to start because we want to end with Darren and his amazing list. But before we get right. started, um, I did give away some stickers at Tennessee Game Days this last week. I didn't tell you this earlier. Ooh. I got a phone call from John. He said, hey, or a text or something like that uh, for Johnny Meepletown. He said, hey, do you want these stack of Meepletown stickers <laughs> that we did not have for Gen Con? And I said, well, absolutely, I do. Stop stealing our stuff. Uh, but That's right. So he gave me some of them. The reality is, though, I still myself have lost a stack of Meepletown stickers. This The one that he gave me was not the full the full stack, so... Unbelievable. At least we do have some of the old logo uh, with me 
And you've got at least a few of the new logo. We're going to have to re-stick her up here soon. That's right. I'll have to wait for a uh, for um, uh, Sticker Mule sale to happen before we order some more of those. Hey, Get if you some... order enough from Sticker Mule, you'll get a free bottle of hot sauce, too. I'm not very that, aware. Not that, <laughs> not that they're a sponsor of the show, but Sticker Mule, we're open to that. Okay. I just ordered some stuff for work, and I said, <laughs> hey, is anyone okay if I if I take this? Because they're not hot hot sauce eaters, and I love the Sticker Mule hot sauce. It is phenomenal. It's fantastic. We, we've got a bottle. I've not tasted it yet, but I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I've ordered it on its own. Uh, without ordering anything else from there, stickers <laughs> or buttons or anything else. Um, I think it's that good. It's, yeah. Yeah. That you didn't impressive. come here for hot sauce. You didn't come here for stickers. Maybe you did, actually. You may have came here for stickers. And if that's the case, come see me in Nashville, Tennessee, or Lafayette, and we can get you some stickers. Well, Darren cannot. He cannot. He doesn't have any stickers there. But I do. I've got the old ones, though. Oh, so you, if you have, have the old right. school. Yeah. That's right. You have the old ones, not the new ones. Right. And that's Lafayette, Indiana, not Lafayette, Tennessee. Let's just be clear. <laughs> BJ from Board Game Gumbo, who speaks French, is is uh, groaning right now. I don't know if he knows that, that we call Lafayette Lafayette here in Tennessee, oh, gosh. not it's, Lafayette. It's, it's an abomination. Yeah. But we do have a Lafayette Street in Nashville. But you didn't come it. here for street talk. <laughs> you can't... <laughs> <laughs> okay, focus, focus. We got this. We got this. My number 10 is what we're going to be starting with. Dean's number 10. You have seen this on my top five list, or excuse me, on my top 10 list. Actually, you have seen this on my top five list before. This one is dropped, not because I don't like it. I love this game. It's just, you know, things shift up. I like to I like to shake things up in Meepletown sometimes. This game is a 2016 release. It was a remake of a one versus mini game, and they made this fully cooperative with an app associated with it, and it is Mansions of Madness Second Edition. Mm-hmm. This is a game that came from uh, Nikki Valens. I'm, I'm not sure if she was the initial designer of Mansions of Madness. I I don't know I'll that. Look. I probably should have. I probably should have looked that up. But in this game, you are going through, I want to say going through a mansion, but you're not necessarily. There's lots of different things that you can do. There's trains that you can explore now. There's, you know, all kinds of crazy things. And it's hard to explain this game other than just to know how story-driven it is. The mechanisms are fun, but really for me, what really drives it is the is the exploration, is the story that comes out of it not knowing what's going to come up, not even necessarily knowing what you're supposed to be doing to win the game. Um, there's lots of cool things that that come up in this one. And the app, I know a lot of people don't like app-driven games and they would prefer that one versus many. For me, 100%, I'd rather, rather have the app on this one because I want to play this cooperatively. I want everyone to have that same experience and us, you know, winning and losing together instead of having that one player that needs to, to DM this. So... Love this game very much. It will come out to the table here in the next couple weeks, hopefully. Uh, if I would have known, I was at Tennessee Game Days this past week, uh, past weekend, and somebody came up to our table and said, "Ah, oh, I just played Mansions of Madness, and this game was amazing." And I was really bummed because I was, I would have loved to have played it. They played yeah. a scenario I'd played before, so it's you know, I, it probably wouldn't have been as enjoyable. But love this game. I think you like this game too. I do like it. I do, I do like this game quite a bit. We may, you know, it's cool. It's good. All right, I was um, confirming my suspicions <laughs> is what I was doing. I've got, I've got a few games that I'm trying to narrow down, and 
I'm going to figure yeah. it out before you, before you get to your <laughs> top 10. And, uh, and how much of this do you have? You said you played that they played a scenario you already have played. How much of this have you played? I know there's tons of it. Uh, they played, well, one, they played the scenario with the, uh, at Innsbruck, um, with be the, careful, no spoilers, no spoilers, Innsbruck. Um, so okay. I have, I'm trying to think, uh, maybe four expansions for this one, something okay. like that. I don't have everything for it for sure. And I've not played anywhere near being at complete with all the stuff that I do yeah. have. So we pull this out. Uh, I try to pull it out at least twice a year, but usually it's once a year. Like October. Yep. 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 <laughs> like I do a, you, Meepletown knows this about me, but my birthday is the day before Halloween. They might not know that, but I always have a birthday day where we have friends that come over and play Halloween board games with us. And usually it's cool. this one or, uh, oh goodness, Betrayal House in Haunted Hill. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. That's cool. And oh, by the that's, way, that's Corey Kanitska. That was the original designer. Duh. Oh, that's okay. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. I'm not sure if I knew that because I never played the original. It was Mansions of Madness. The second edition came out. I mean, I had been in the hobby for several years at that point, but the first edition is one that I'd looked at for a long time, but thought that I, the, the one versus many part would have been more of a challenge. So I never ended yeah. up picking that up. Same. That's my number 10, Mansions of Madness, specifically second edition. Very, very cool. Um, that's a good pick. My number 10 uh, also has revolves a little bit around this theme of darkness and creepiness. And there's definitely monsters and those kinds of things involved. My number 10, it's a little bit more recent. It's a 2022 game. War of the Ring, the card game. Ooh, That's right. Okay. We're going, yeah, we're going new stuff. War of the Ring, the card game designed by Ian Brody. Um, and actually developed by the original designers of War of the Ring, which I think is several uh, very cool. Um, the artist on this, there's several of them. The art is gorgeous. It's published by Ares Games. Two to four players, soon to be one to four players with the uh, upcoming expansions. And uh, also, or maybe one to six. One to six with the upcoming expansions. Crazy. Plays in 90 to 120 minutes. 1,009 overall. And if you're unaware, this is the team-based hand management game that takes the epic, classic War of the Ring board game, which I've not played, and turns it into a card game, which I do love my card games, as, as you all know. And again, in the game, you're the free peoples versus the shadow. And you can play this one versus one or two versus two or one versus two, at least as of right now. And eventually, like I said, there's a solo mode coming and there's like a three versus three team mode coming. Um, and in the game, each player is going to represent a faction or factions, depending on how many players you have. And you've got your own deck of cards and you're playing cards to these various battlefield cards out on the table or to these uh, path cards that are out on the table. And each battlefield or path card are going to be worth victory points. And you're trying to score the most points by the end of the game. And so on the battlefields, you're playing your cards. You're playing more attack cards with attack symbols. Um, and you're trying to have more attack symbols than your opponent to than your opponent does defense symbols on that card in each battlefield has got like some special abilities for certain factions on there. And you can only play certain factions to certain battlefields. And on the path, the shadow is trying to put corruption on Frodo to earn points. And, um, and the free peoples are trying to stave off that corruption. And so you're playing cards there in order to do that. But to play a card, you have to discard a card. I think they call it cycling in the game. 
Uh, so if we're going to play a card, you got to discard a card. So it gets really tricksy uh, trying to decide what to play and when to play it. And, um, you know, you can play your cards to the battlefield, you can play them to the path, or you can put them in your reserve because some cards have reserve abilities and you can put them there to be played or moved uh, to one of the two places uh, later on in your uh, on a later turn. So every card has these abilities. So one of the downsides is the first few times you're playing, there's lots of reading where you're trying to discern what each card does and how they work. Uh, so that can slow some things down early on. But once you kind of get used to it, it it moves and it's smooth and it's so thematic. And I just love how the path and the battlefields come out uh, sort of in sequential order, like in the books or like in the movies. And and But how you play your characters and your items and your action cards can vary. And so you're kind of like telling, you know, your own stories as you're doing this. So the card play is super cool and how they work is so interesting. This game delights us, precious. <laughs> <laughs> you may have checked this. Uh, you said the game was ranked 1009. Yeah, I did write this a few days ago. Yeah, uh, it has jumped steps. up 10 spots now. It's in the top thousand. Sweet. Fantastic. 999 is what it is right now. Nine times nine nine nine. Okay, cool. That is good. I meant to go back and double check some of those because I did write some of the some of the notes down a couple of days ago. But awesome. Well, good, good. I, and I really think this one will push the top one hundred eventually. I think it's that good. Once more people get their hands on it and play it, it it is a great game. Yeah, I, yeah. You know, in some ways, I wonder if it being connected to the original game, it probably helped it for sure. But in some oh, ways, no I wonder if it worked against it. You know, just because it's. This is not a a really long game. It's not the super heavy game, you know, that a lot of people right. are accustomed to. And um, and then also thinking, you know, maybe this is just a two player game, but it's actually designed more for a four player game. And so it's and, it's and interesting you, the dynamic of this compared to the other one. Yeah, for sure. And I think it's good that they meet different audiences because, like, I will probably never play War of the Ring, the game, just because, like, I don't love that type of game enough or the property enough. But if you put it in a card game that lasts the same amount of time as a average board game, you know, you're going to max out two hours, I would think. And there's different ways you can play it. You can just play like a shortened version of the game. They call it the fellowship. And I think there's some other stuff online. You can play the different stories, the different books, and they, they just tell you, okay, use these cards. Don't use these cards. Use these factions. Don't use these factions. You can, my wife and I played a game in 30 minutes, you know, and it when it felt like a, a legit experience. And some people say it's only got to be played two verse two. It's going, I love playing this one verse two or one verse one. I don't have a problem with that at all. I think it it is so versatile. Um, yeah, it, don't be a snob about it. You know, be open right. to things, people. It's a great game, and that's why it's mine number ten. The War of the Ring, the card this game. Is, this is not a bad pick. You sounded like Gimli when you said that. By the way, <laughs> um, slash. Uh, slash uh, Saruman, I guess you you had a little bit of a mix there, but yeah, you taught me to this. You taught me this game. I really liked it. I want the expansion to come out uh, mainly because I want to try it solo. Uh, I I don't know why I haven't played this with my wife though. I bet she would like this one too. I need yeah, to get this either. one played more. Yeah, you do. Yeah, great yeah. pick, great pick. Of, of course it is. <laughs> <laughs> My number nine is a game that Darren has already talked about, I think, last week, if I remember right. This is also a 2022 release. Look at the hotness creeping Woo! in on our top ten of all time. Call to the new! <laughs> this is a Stan Kordonsky, 
Design, and from Fantasia Games, this is Endless Winter. Whoop, whoop. Uh, we did, uh, John and I did a Kickstarter preview for this one, and when I first played it, I called John up and I said, this game is something special. It is mm-hmm. pretty fantastic. It, it has elements of the games that I talked about last week, Arnak and Dune Imperium and Imperial Settlers. It's got some of those, uh, some of those pieces in it where you are building a deck. You are also placing workers, although the worker placement in this is quite a bit different than the normal worker placement. You're taking an action, sliding it down to a spot, taking another action, sliding it down to another spot, and potentially taking an action if you're the first one to, to go to that place. But what this adds is an, is a mechanism that I quite enjoy, and that is area control with the map. And as you control these different areas, you're going to be able to take those actions during the, uh, I forget what it's called, during the eclipse phase, I guess is what it's called, mm-hmm. um, if you have these different areas controlled. And I would say the base game is is phenomenal. Love the base game. But I think when you add in the rivers and rafts, um, or even the cave paintings, I like cave paintings too, but if I'm, if I'm going to choose one, it's going to be rivers and rafts. And I almost feel like you don't, it, it doesn't take too much to just add that into the first play, which I like a lot. This game, it just does it for me. All those pieces coming together, it it just feels good. But and this is again going back to what I said last week about those, you know, Fifty First State and Empires of the North. All of those, that is my style of game. That is that is my jam, and this one falls into that category. Yeah, it just does it for me. It surprises me that that it falls flat for others that like this style of game because for me. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It is less. It is less deck building, but the deck building is just different, I guess, because you're you you've got the dual uh, purpose, multi purpose cards that can either be used to strengthen other cards that you're playing. It can be used for the actions. Uh, I like that. I like that a lot. It can also be used during the eclipse phase if you if you hold on to those cards and play them during that time. So you do really have to think about how you want to use those cards, and often it's not just a home run decision usually it's something you really need to think about and and kind of plan out but yeah love this game i am so glad to have all the goodness in my collection for this one i'm sure if anything comes out for this one it's just going to go straight into my collection because i just want to explore this one yeah i just want to explore it more i love this game and we know you do because it was in your top 20 Yep, yep. The um, and you know they've said that they're coming out with a new expansion for it here soon. The one of the things that's slowing it down, they just want to make sure that it'll fit in the box, <laughs> you know, fit in with the big box that they've already done. Um, yeah, the art on this is amazing. You're talking about the gameplay between the the worker placement and um, the worker placement of the card play. I love the fact that you know when you go to the if you're the first one to go to a spot, you get that bonus action that comes afterwards. And that just sort of adds again to that decision-making of what do I do and when do I do it? If you're the first one there, you get this extra thing. And uh, e- even the rest action on this is beneficial. Sometimes, you know, you've just got, yeah, you've got to go rest your person and uh, man. Yeah. It's phenomenal and beautiful. It, it may be my favorite art right now. Like if I had to choose like a be- most beautiful cover art, um, box cover art, endless winter may be it. Yeah. Yeah, you mentioned the rest action. That's even more so when you add in the the extra little modules. Um, right, and those right, tiles that's that, right. Yeah, there's a couple different small little mini expansions. I think those might even come in the base game. I could be wrong about that. I think so. 
Uh, but one where as you explore the different tiles, you're also getting these uh, these other, ex- you know, these little exploration tokens that are on there. So cool. What a great game. I, I love this game. And and to boot, I think this one plays well at different player counts, too. It's one to four players. Um, solo, it's been a long time since I've played this solo, but uh, the solo I liked uh, quite a bit, actually. I did like the solo quite a bit, but the... Um, yeah, two to four players. I think all of those players, uh, player counts play well. Yep, Stan Stan did a great job on this one. Uh, I'm a huge Stan fan. And, um, you know, Johnny Pack did some of the developing on this. Just uh, you cannot ask for a better team. With they, what they did in Fantasia is just awesome. And then the Miko for, for the yes, art, like I you mean, said. Oh goodness, yeah, that's a, golly, that's a powerhouse uh, combination. Unbelievable. Yeah. Anyway, that is my number nine, Endless Winter. Paleo... The Paleo Americans, you know, not just <laughs> not the Paleo Americans. Endless winter, endless winter. Paleo Americans. You know, I, I, it was rough. Good job. Um, I am a I am a seasonal gamer, and so that is one that I will break out for sure come winter time and just like leave that on the table because it'll be just so so thematic. Something else I'll be breaking out come racing season because you know I'm not too far from Indianapolis. And so once we get into a racing season, we're talking about lots of fun games here. Just want y'all to know. And I don't necessarily think about this as a racing game, but this is like um, full contact racing. This is Mad Max, the board game. My number nine from 2023. That's right. Thunder Road Vendetta, specifically the Maximum Chrome edition. Darren says, I don't care what you say about new hotness. I'm putting them all on there. Bring it. I've told you. And again, we already did a full review on this in episode 133, but just a few a few stats here designed again by Dave Chalker, Noah Cohen, Rob Davio, Justin Jacobson, Brett Myers, Brian Neff, Art uh, Marie Bergeron, and Garrett Kaida, published by Restoration Games. 1548 overall um, is what the retail version is right now. And I think it does hurt having a Maximum Chrome edition listed and the retail version listed. It's going to hurt both of those games as far as rankings go, but... Beside the point, uh, it's a phenomenal game. Two to six players, 45 to 75 minutes, or maybe 10 minutes, like the game that you and I had. Um, yeah. You, you never know what you're going to get because it's a rolling dice game, and you're rolling them and you're allocating them to one of your cars for movement, and you're, you're, you're using dice to move your cars down a track or to call in a chopper to shoot someone or to take some other kind of special action. You're, you're moving your cars around, trying to slam into each other or trying to avoid hazardous terrain or not, like Ding loves to hit the hazardous terrain. Um, you're smashing cars. You're shooting them up. Uh, ultimately, you're just trying to be the last one standing. You might actually finish the race first, and that's also one of the ways you win. But more than likely, you're just going to be the last one standing. Like We talked about it already. This is raucous fun. There's always a story emerging from this Uh quick story. When, when I was teaching this to, to my wife, I was teaching this to Cindy and one of our uh, grad students, Anna, we're sitting there playing. And at one point, like I just smashed one of, one of Anna's cars. And then like the very next, and I'm the big rig, by the way, which came in one of the, you know, maximum, which came in the maximum Chrome, one of the expansions there. And so I just smashed one of Anna's cars and I just knocked, I think one of, one of Cindy's cars off the road. And, and this is Cindy, sweet, calm Cindy, who loves her Euro games and hates the Matic games. And as soon as I destroyed Cindy's car, she goes, I hate your guts. I hope you die. <laughs> <laughs> and Anna just lost it. Like we're just like cracking up. Just, it's so much fun. Um, <laughs> this is one of those games that can truly build community through board gaming as you, as you smash one another to, to bits and pieces. 
Um, again, just gameplay is amazing. Production is amazing. Uh, the basic game would not make my list, but the Maximum Chrome Edition with all of its modules and all the expansions, you throw all that stuff in. Oh, it's so good. I want to play it right now. Yeah, that's a great game. And, you know, who says community has to be positive? You can build a negative <laughs> community. Absolutely. <laughs> so at Tennessee Game Days, going back there this this uh, past weekend, I met a Meeple Town fan named Steven, and he knew that I liked this game and they had it set up and he's got all these 3d like rock terrain on, on the tiles mm, and it that's really cool. nice setup for it. I finished a game and he was like, Hey, we're getting ready to start another one. Do you want to join us? And ah, I, I had to go call my family. They were waiting oh, on me to call them. You. And then I had to go grab dinner after that or something. I think that's what it was. I was going to grab dinner after that. And I was like, Oh, I want to so bad. It looks so cool. That their game ended up being really long. It was over two hours, I think, that they played. Oh wow! Um, a full uh, four players, I think, is what they were playing. Gotcha. Yeah, I think that's right. They played four players, so it can go long, can go short, but either way, it is quite a great experience. In in my experience, and I, I haven't played it as much as you or or a lot of people, but it's it's pretty fantastic. That it is. That's why it's my number nine, Thunder Road Vendetta Maximum Chrome Edition. All right. So uh, before I get to my number eight, I didn't mention this, and I like to. You don't. You might not care. Mansions of Madness is ranked fifty three overall. Again, Dean is with the people. Endless <laughs> Winner is two seventy one overall. And I mentioned, you know, some people might not like this game, but the truth is. A lot of people do because yeah. being at 271 is is really high for, yeah. uh, especially for a game that just released last year. Yeah, I think it'll keep going up too. Yeah. Another game that is ranked pretty high. This is a 2019 release. This is not the first time on my list. It is one of the first games that John and I talked about on the podcast in, that, in 2018, I think. I think we talked about it in 2018. It was before the release that is Glenmore 2 Chronicles. Uh, you've already talked about this one, right? We. Oui. Okay. I, I have. <laughs> it's terrible. So, this is the game. Again, you're going around a rondelle and you're picking up these tiles, putting them onto your board. They're going to activate based on whether or not you have some scotman on your, on your board. And uh they're going to do things like giving you resource you can trade in resources for points you can uh get cards that will give you boost you can get you can make whiskey there's lots of things that you can do with these tiles and the base game glenmore 2 always great game i loved it but i always felt like it was missing something and they made some changes to some of the scoring which i think was a big improvement with the with the scotsman scoring but Adding in the Chronicles is really the the chef's kiss on this one, I think. It, it really does add a lot of just cool, different ways of playing the game. And and I, I love that. I, I, I think it, I would love to see more games do this if it makes sense. But in this one, it makes total sense because you're not adding in, you know, complete expansions that, you know, change up the game so much that it's really hard to recognize or hard to you know, hard to teach that. But on this one, you really can, you can introduce some of these. Now, some of the Chronicles are more difficult and you need to have more experience with the game, but some of them, you really can just throw them in there and it, and it still be a really cool experience. And I, I love that the, 
expansion on this one is really fun, which also adds some solo play. Solo play on this one is not my favorite just because mm. it it's, I don't know. I don't love a lot of extra th- rules when I'm doing solo, and this one does have that. It's got, yeah, I'm not looking at it right now, but I think it has its own separate book. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, I think that's right. I think that's right. But anyway, which is okay because I don't need to play this solo because the, the multiplayer is so much fun. And yeah, that's all I got to say. It's a great game. Love it. Matthias yeah, that Kramer. Was, that was my number 16. Yeah. Um, absolutely. So much fun. One of my favorite, one of my favorite Euros. And again, I've not played it solo, so I don't know. Um, I don't know anything about that part of it, but it's so good. So good. All right. Um, sorry, I'm just updating a, a stat here on my list as I'm now checking some of these games I've already put out. Oh, and there yes, we go. I all- threw you off. Got you on your toes. <laughs> uh, no, you're good. All my games are going up. It's all a good thing. <laughs> Did I say uh, Glenmore 2 Chronicles number eight? I don't know if I actually said that. So that's, there we go. No, you're number eight. Go for it. My number eight. My number eight. Um, you know, when I think of the the highlands of, of Scotland, I think of some of the the moors, some of the some of the heaths. I don't know if they have those in Scotland or not. I think of misty, ghosty type things. Which are you which, kidding? <laughs> which, which, which brings me to my number eight. Uh, which, ta- which also, I'm telling you, man, cult of the new, all about this the hotness. Is the new this hotness. Is, this is a 2022 game that takes place on a ghost train. Uh, through you there. This is Vagrant Song. Vagrant oh, okay. Song, not what I thought. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> no, 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 not what you thought. Okay. Um, Vagrant Song designed by Matt Carter, Justin Gibbs, Cal Rowan, uh, art by Nguyen My Dim, uh, published by Ward Games, Ward Miniatures, 1357 overall. People, give this game some love. Come on now. Two to four players, 45 to 120 minutes. This is a cooperative, story-driven game where you are vagrants on a ghost train fighting hates. Um, which are like, you know, ghosts fighting hates, trying to restore their humanity. So it's kind of like a dungeon crawling boss battler where each scenario you play, there are several, um, well, yeah. So, so there's several scenarios that you can play and each of them has a unique boss and a story, which will sort of shape how the scenario is played. Some of the rules and those kind of things will, will change and all the, all the stories themselves are interwoven kind of like a kind of like a campaign. And each character that you are has certain abilities and stats that you can upgrade as you go through the campaign. It all carries over. And in between the scenarios that you're playing, there are these events that happen. And depending on how you react, will determine what bonuses you get or don't um, as you go into the next scenario. There's this bag pulling mechanism, which will determine what the hate will do, depending on where it is on the board and how and where you are on the board. Um, you can search for items and uh, event chips and all those kind of things are in that bag. You pull that stuff out. It's, just very, it's even a cool looking bag. It looks like the old uh, red and white checkered kind of typical vagrant knapsack kind of deal. Everything in this, the, the production is amazing. It's um, production is off the charts. You got these acrylic standees, um, the bag, the board, everything is super, is super cool. The cards, Speaking of the cards, there's this fun action selection mechanism too, where you've you've got your character card there, but you also have these buttons, these tokens that you're placing on your card to to show what you're doing and and that you've already done it, so you can't do it again. And there's a little bit of a dice rolling there uh, 
to determine what your successes are. And instead of like exploding dice, I forget what they call them, something like um, booming box cars or something. Like if you roll sixes, then you get to roll again. But uh, it's just, it's super cool. Um, the art is spooky fun, kind of like that whole Betty Boop, old, some people would call it Cuphead art style, old timey art. There are some expansions that are coming on Kickstarter here, maybe even today, I want to say, but sometime this month, uh, some new uh, expansions on and Off the Rails are coming to Kickstarter. And this is just such a cool, clever, spooky, campaigny game. I love it. Have you played this one? I can't remember. I have. Yeah, I've played it once and I have this. I sold some games this last weekend and this was one that I considered. Mm, that's unfortunate. <laughs> I, I like this game. I think it's fun. I have a lot of games though. And so I'm getting rid of games that are even really good games and ones that I really enjoy. Mm-hmm. But I, I couldn't pull myself to throw it on the pile. Uh, so there's that. Yeah. I just need to, I need to see, I need to get this one played more. Maybe I should get this one played during this season. This is a good seasonal yeah. game too. Yeah. You got to break this one out, play this in October, give it a few scenarios. And I mean, you'll be hooked or you won't. Like if you don't want to play the next one right away, then there's something wrong with you. Uh, oh, or wow, it's just, okay. Or it's just not the game for you. But yeah, the this I love how each of the of the haints they're each unique, um, what they do and how they do it, and how you can go about taking your actions. It's just so it's so clever and fun, and just enough randomness to keep you off off balance. That is my number eight vagrant song. Excellent. All right. My number seven has dropped down a little bit. I think it's dropped over the last couple of years and it is ranked 582 overall. This is a game by designer Mike Fitzgerald. This is Baseball Highlights 2045 first mention um, for those of you who are uh, Dukes of Dice listeners. Uh, I, I don't know. They may have been the ones that introduced me to this game now that I think okay. about it, but uh, Baseball Highlights is a deck builder where you are playing baseball and not just like a full-on baseball game but the highlights of a game and so it has this element of uh, you've heard me talk about challengers recently and since that's a a a big game this you know going to -to head-to-head tournaments that you do in challengers that's what i really think baseball highlights is where it really shines the the one-on-one games are still really fun if you say let's sit down and play baseball highlights yes i will play this game but if you can play in a tournament style, uh, you know, get maybe eight people together, do some sort of a, a bracket where you're playing against each other. And I, yeah, I love, love doing that. I was really hoping I was going to get to do it at Mancation this past year. And we just ran out of time. One of the guys even he it, we hadn't played it in a couple of years there either. I've played it. I've played it, but I've not played it like a big tournament like that. But he brought it up and we haven't played it in a couple of years. And I said, yes, we've got to get this done soon next time we get together we're gonna do it but i just i I love it and even if you don't love baseball i think it's really cool i love that it's not just the cards that you're playing for the actions that you're taking or the or the reactions that you're playing it also the the cards have numerical value on it that you're using to buy other cards and to build up your deck and so your your team is getting better and better as you send players down to the minor league and i don't know it's just really thematic but again, even if you don't like baseball, I think it's really fun. It's, yeah, it's just great. It's great. I, I, I want more of these type of games, this this and Challengers, ones that you can play quick, 
you know, five, 10 minute games and then pack up your stuff and move and go play with somebody else. And deck builders tend to work well with that, I guess, if you're looking at challengers as a deck builder as well. But that is baseball highlights. Football highlights, I think, is fun too. Less fun for me than baseball highlights. Yeah, I've you you're the one that put me on to this one and uh, and I I've really enjoyed it. I've not done the whole tournament deal like you have. You know, I, I enjoy it just playing it just like the one-off types of deals. I can remember sitting down with my dad over one of the holidays cuz he's a huge baseball fan and we played this and you know, he's not a board gamer, but but we could play this and and he really he really enjoyed it. We had a good time. Of course he beat me cuz you know, he's always beaten me in every <laughs> baseball game we've ever played in my entire life. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, but just, um, the way the, the, the quick play of it, uh, the, the way how the, the multi-use cards and what you're doing and the, the stories again, that, that emerge from the game, this is super cool. It's a really good one. I might even enjoy it more if I were to take your advice and play it tournament style, but it, it's really good. Yeah. Yeah. I think you should. And, and again, still a great game. If you only have one other mm-hmm. player that you're playing with, I think this is a lot of fun. And the neat thing is I'm assuming this is still free, but if you, you can test this out online. Um, you can go to the mm. app store and go pick this up. Even if it's not free, it's probably just a couple dollars just to see if you like the game. It is super addictive to play uh, the iOS app. Uh, that's the only experience I have with it. And just going, I'll just go head to head against the the AI, and I think it's a lot of fun. Gotcha. Well, one one quick question I do have not about the not about that one, but the what about the Grand Slam expansion pack or whatever that's called? Do you know anything about that? It's got a bunch of different modules or expansions you can throw in. I've seen this a few places, like on Amazon or Board Game Bliss, um, that has lots of different things that you can throw in. And I don't know if you had any experience with that or not, because that's something I'm curious if that would add uh, or take away from the gaming experience. So. Without looking at my collection, I think I have everything for okay. it, unless there was another okay. expansion that came out. And I'm pretty sure I've played with most everything, too. Um, there's stadiums in this. There's different uh, character decks that come out, different team decks that come out, although the teams are still the Basically. same. They're just, they have different names. There's different teams, like actual different decks for different teams. But with the the different like team expansions that you add in, they're just like you know remakes of the other ones. They just have different names on them. So, uh, right. so yeah, I think I've played with everything. They don't the stadiums are the biggest change I would say, and I don't play with okay. those for the most part. Uh, not because I don't like them. It's just normally when I play this, it's with people that haven't played it before, um, or or don't really want to have more stuff added into it. They just like playing what they play. So, so take it or leave it for me, I guess. I'm, I'm totally fine with just the, the base game of this. Gotcha. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Actually, I'm, I'm fine with the base game. If you want to play with a, a more uh, bigger tournament setting, you really do have to buy some of the, the other team decks. And so, um, and it's right. fun if, you know, if you're playing with people that are baseball fans, they're like, oh, I'm a Cardinals fan. It's like, okay, you take St. Louis or you take Detroit. And you know that, I think that's right. pretty fun too. Yeah. So, so you don't think like the coach or the rally cap or the errors or big fly or home cooking, any of those expansions are necessary or does that even ring a bell? Yeah, no, it does. I just, gosh, it's been so long and it's possible. I just mixed everything in. I'm not sure. Um, I don't remember some of it. I know just adds different, like it adds more cyborgs or it adds more of the humans of the naturals and adds more of the robots, robots. Um, (laughs) 
I just don't remember which which does which right okay. offhand. Yeah. Thanks yeah. for putting me on the spot, though. Appreciate yeah, that. no problem. Hey, I'm I'm trying to make a, a consumer decision here because I want to know if this is something I need to buy or not, because I've had my eye on it for a while and they're not always available. And so, you know, when you see one or two out there, you think, well, maybe I should pick this up. But you're the expert. So, yeah, I'll have to go through and look through my collection. The, the only thing that's coming to mind for me is I've got the cool little baseball meeples and I've got the player mats. <laughs> the player mats are nice. They're real nice. That's cool. Awesome. That is baseball highlights. 2045 my number seven mm-hmm. 10987 yep yep very cool and oh by the way just got a notification uh from kickstarter that yes they just launched the vagrant song <laughs> Ooh, okay. uh, the vagrant song um expansions on kickstarter as we speak on the day of this recording so good to know Pardon. i'm gonna look that up then you should but not while i'm talking gotta pay attention my number seven oh, okay Still fairly recent, but not too recent. Okay, this was a 2020 game. Um, we're entering the world of of Marvel. And uh, man, you know, sometimes I do love me some Marvel, particularly when we're talking about my number seven, Marvel United. And I'm talking about all of it, not just the base game, all of it. Even the, the X-Men campaign, the multiverse campaign, which hasn't delivered yet, but all of that stuff I'm throwing in. Uh, this is designed by um, um, Andrea Chavezio. I cannot remember. Sorry. And uh, Eric Lang. Uh, art by Edward Gutton, maybe. Published by Simon and Spin Master. Wonderful players. 40 minutes. Usually less. 292 overall, unless it's gone up in the last day or two. This is a cooperative hand managed chibi style miniature game. They're super cute and so well done. And in the game, you're playing as a Marvel hero against a villain. And there is these six location cards literally around the board. Like they pretty much make up the board, unless you have a playmat. And you are playing cards with, with icons at the bottom of them that will let you move to different locations or will let you perform heroic actions to overcome threats or rescue civilians. Or these icons will let you punch out thugs or do damage to villains. And one of the neat things about this game, again, being fully cooperative, that whatever icons you play on your card, your teammate will get to use those icons on their turn. And then when you go again after them, you'll get to use their icons. Even if the villain takes their turn in between you two, you'll still get to use the previous cards icons, which is super fun. You get to talk and, and put some put together some powerful combos there. Because once you all go, then the villain goes, you flip over a card from their deck, and then they will move around the board and they'll put out more civilians or thugs, or um, or they'll do some other kind of heinous action or do some damage to you. And um, your goal is to try to take the villain's health down to zero. If you do that, you win. But if, um, uh, if their deck runs out um, if you can no longer pull cards from their deck or if they accomplish whatever their master plan is, then the villain wins. It's super simple. It's super fun. And like Thunder Road, like I said, the base game alone isn't enough. But when you put all the other stuff in there, the real fun and excitement, I think, is in the expansions. It's in the stretch goal characters. It's in all that that juicy stuff. That's when it gets really, really interesting, which is why it's it's so high on my list. Yeah. Can't complain about that pick. It's not on my list, but this is a really fun game. My family's really enjoyed this one. I've painted up a ton of this stuff, but when I say a ton, it's like, you know, trying to dig yourself out of quicksand is what there's just <laughs> yes, uh, so I will many never, miniatures. Yeah, there's, there's a ton. 
Um, I'm glad cool. I started painting them, but there's no way I can paint through. I, I've, I've got the first two full Kickstarters, and then I'll I'll pick up some things from this third one. Um, actually, you you have something from this one that I've got to pick up from you at some point. <laughs> that, um, that is right. That is right. Uh, sort, sort of a companion piece was that Spider-Geddon set that released at, um, at Gen Con. So, yep, yep. Going to pass it off. And that is fun as well. I, I guess I would throw that in to this also. All the Marvel, all of the Marvel United stuff. Super fun. Yeah. And mm. and collectible. So and, and great and plays great solo too. You can play it quickly solo or with two or three or four people. I mean, somebody can sit there and talk a lot and draw it out, but it doesn't have to be. It can be really quick. And when you get destroyed right off the bat, or you destroy somebody else right off the bat, pick out another villain and pick out another character and just and just go. Super fun. And collectible. My number seven, Marvel United. All right. My number six is a is a non-thematic game. Uh, Darren talked about this recently, maybe last week, maybe the week before. That is The Castles of Burgundy. Mm. This is, let's see, ranked 17 overall. This is a Stefan Feld game. I think it's my only Stefan Feld game on my list, which... Wow, okay. Is bizarre because I love Stefan Feld. It's just, it's really, there's just a lot of really good games. My thought though is if you look at my 51 through 100, you're going to see a lot of Stefan Felds, uh, a lot. And, and yeah, I just really love it. But this is, this is my first game of his that I had played back in. This released in 2011. I probably would have played it around 2013, is my guess. This is a uh, dice placement where you are going to roll your two dice and you're going to place them onto, uh, well, onto your board and take the actions that are associated with that number, whether it's taking tiles to put them into your storage area or to take those tiles from the storage area, put them onto your map. It could be selling goods that you have. It could be um, lots of different things. But the big, the big crux of this game i guess is the tiles that you're putting onto your board you're building up your kingdom and as you do that you're going to take extra actions and these things trigger things that trigger things sometimes and i just love it it's so simple it just is such a smooth game i've played this a ton two players over the years with a couple of my buddies steven who's a listener he and i have played this game a lot my friend t who's not a huge board gamer. He likes board games, but he's not like crazy into them. But he and I will play this one. We've played it a ton over the years. It's just so good. And now I've got this special edition that has yet to make it to the table at Tennessee Game. I'm keep going back to Tennessee Game Days, but I got to play some games with uh, Jamie Epstein and his his family, couple and uh, several games actually. And he was playing Castles of Burgundy, this new fancy edition as I was leaving and I was really jealous cause I wanted to, wanted to get this one to the table, but my wife likes this one too. We just, I don't know why we just haven't played this one yet. We've been playing other things. So anyway, that's yeah. Great yeah. game. Yeah. This was my number 20. We did talk about it last week and you've got to bring this, put it on the pile that's going to haul to, to game point. Cause I want to see all this special cool stuff that, uh, that comes along in the new awakened realms version. Yeah. We're going to have to make a list that's, uh, it's getting bigger and bigger as, as this these lists go on. We got to stop talking about these games. Yeah, we got to stop big. We got to stop. We got to stop the podcast so that we can <laughs> play games. That's what we need exactly. to do. Exactly. Exactly. 
All right, my number six, Castles of Burgundy. My number six has a little bit more theme than your number six, just just slightly. Um, it doesn't take place in Europe, although I guess it could. When you start throwing in some of the expansions, there's no telling. It doesn't typically. You know, most of my games are uh, have been newer in this part of the list. This one goes back a little bit. This is a 2016 game. <laughs> <laughs> Which that and was a long time ago. It just doesn't seem like it. Right, 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 right. And it is, man, uh, again, ripe for this upcoming spooky season that we are in. This is Arkham Horror, the card game. Oh, yeah. Love me some Arkham Horror, the living card. Yeah, this is a living card game. Right, right, right. Uh, this is designed by Nate French, Maxine Jennifer Newman, and Matthew J. Newman. Artists, there's several, there's so many wonderful artists on this game and all its different uh, expansions. Published by Fantasy Flight Games. If you just buy the one core box, the, the original one core box, um, it played one to two players. And then you would have to buy another one if you wanted to play three or four. I think the new boxes now that they're doing play one to four, I think it has everything in that. Because uh, they've redone so much of it and how and how they're doing it, I just play this solo. Like I probably would never play it any other way. It's so much fun solo. Maybe with two players, I'd play it. And typically, even then, it can still last sixty to one hundred twenty minutes, which is the the given time on the on the BGG page. It is number twenty seven overall. Um, if, like I said, it is a campaign living card game. It's cooperative. It does have some RPG flavoring where you are certain characters with roles. Uh, with stats, and you're investigating the quiet New England town, a uh, town of Arkham, where nothing interesting ever happens. <laughs> yeah. In the game, you have your own deck of cards, and depending on what character you are in your faction, um, the, the, that'll determine what cards you're playing, what cards you can kind of put in your deck, and you'll have plenty of chances to construct that deck as you go, um, construct in various ways as you go throughout the the campaign, which is highly imaginative and very spooky. And lots of, um, I guess, like choose your own adventure style elements as, as, as part of this. Um, and like most of the games of this ilk, you've got to spin cards to play cards, which carries all kinds of you know wonderful, juicy decisions along with that. You can also spin cards to aid in your skill checks, which are primarily result, resolved by pulling chips out of that cursed bag. If there's anything I hate about this game, it's that bag, because that bag hates me. It's, it's designed to make your life miserable. Um, but it's still, it's still super fun and adds a little element of randomness there. Uh, but for me, though, the real winner of the game is the story. You have these agenda decks and encounter decks that you draw out for your enemies, and it's from there that you make certain decisions, and it's from there the story emerges. And uh, man, it is phenomenal what they can do with these cards. Uh, it, it sort of gives me, and maybe I'm the only weird one. Maybe it's the characters I'll play. It sort of gives me a little bit of an Indiana Jones vibe. If it were set in a horror movie, you know, you've got the same time period uh, looking for occult stuff. There's some mysticism, mystical things going on. The characters and items are very similar. It's just really, really dark. Um, like I said, there's lots of campaigns and investigator boxes and stuff you can choose from. Even one-off scenarios you can choose there's all kinds of stuff here. You can play it as a campaign or just a bunch of one-offs. Either way, you don't need it all. I have most of it. You don't need it all. And it's um, it's amazing. I love this so much. I almost think, so the way I got into this is I, I found GameStop. GameStop had these half off years ago. Mm. I got two sets and started just playing the bass. And then 
somebody online, because you can find this a lot of times where people are selling their whole collection. Well, this guy was just wanting to get rid of it and it was crazy cheap. And I thought, you know, I'm just going to go for it. Yeah. And I did. I bought it. And a lot of that is still, I played some of it, but not nearly as much as what was in that collection. And I need to get through that. Actually, I've been thinking I need to start soloing a campaign by my, you know, by myself, mm-hmm. obviously solo. Yeah. And uh, this, maybe I should do that this year. It's time. It's time right now to start it, getting into these Halloween games. Absolutely. Yeah. I've had like the same character through like three different campaigns. I just want to see like how far I can carry him and do all the different stuff. And there's so many more stories to play out. Oh, it's cool. Break it out, man. That's true. That's fantastic. Season. Yeah. What a, what a great pick. Absolutely. That's my number six. Arkham Horror, the card game. All right. Now down to our top five games. I am going to be talking about a game that, again, has been on my list, uh, usually higher than what it is right now. This is a 2016 release as well. Where is it? Is that what you just said? Arkham Horror Card Game came out in 2016? Uh, According to BGG. It's a good year. Um, (laughs) This one is a is a Stonemire Games game designed by Jamie Stegmeyer, and that is Scythe. This one's ranked 16 overall. And in Scythe, you are trying to get your stars out onto the board by getting these different achievements. And it's got some area control where you're going around and you're starting fights with people, potentially, or just kind of like threatening to start a fight with people. You're building up mechs. You are getting a bunch of different resource you're getting more and more of your workers out onto the board and each one of these things is a different threshold so get all your mechs out you get a star out and um get all your workers out you get a star and and everybody gets a star for doing all these things and then at the end of the game it's whoever has the most money and you get that by um multiplying your stars by these different uh things so like you know look at your popularity track and how popular are you multiply that times how many stars you have and you're going to get coins for that so there's also in-game objectives and things like that and i i just really love this game now here's here's the kicker i played expeditions this past weekend one that i've been real excited about playing i would best describe expeditions as scythe without the combat which may or may not sound appealing. For me, if you told me that, I would say, well, that's silly. But if you have you played Scythe before, Darren? I have not. I want to. I've never played it. So one one of the things, the cool thing is you're just taking actions by like moving your little worker to these different locations on your player board. And you have to take a different action every time, unless you're one of the factions that allows you to take the same one multiple times. But when you, it's it's interesting because you're just taking one action. So your turns are pretty quick, but the game can be long. But it is a constant feel of, of stress of, you know, I can see what these other players are doing. You always feel like you're behind the other players. Even if you have more stars out on the board, you still feel like it's this constant battle. With Expeditions, it, you keep all of that and then take away the combat. There's a lot of people who didn't really care for the combat because they, uh, one, it's it, a lot of times it's not really worth it. So if I wipe out all of your stuff, well, it's also costing me some of my 
power. It's costing me my battle cards or combat cards. And so it might not be worth it because then you can just come back or somebody else can just come back and take me out and I don't have any way of, de- of defending myself. A lot like real war, right? Like if you spend mm-hmm. all of your resources and on one war, well, then you're not going to have anything for, for the next one. And so I right. love that feeling of tension, but the tension just from the race to get your stars out and you only put four stars out in expeditions. I really love it. I, I think Expeditions is a fantastic game, too. We're going to review this one at some point more, especially right now. I've got the one play from this weekend and that I did solo it last night. And solo wasn't as good as as I, I don't care. I, I didn't get it for a solo game. I, I got it to play with other people. But yeah. anyway, my first experience wasn't, you know, bl- mind blowing as far as the solo goes. I still prefer Scythe, but I'm going to keep Expeditions in my collection and I think they both have a place, and they're both really, really good games, it seems. Scythe is an excellent game. It seems like Expeditions is going to be really good, too. Yeah, I'm excited about that. You have my copy of Scythe right now, and I will get that from you eventually. I'm sorry, not Scythe, of Expeditions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So maybe when we meet up to to play Expeditions, we'll just throw Scythe on the pile as well and just hit them both, because it is one that I would like to play. It's kind of one of the 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 ones that everyone talks about, it looks like a game that, that I would enjoy. I um, just haven't, haven't had the opportunity. So yeah. Yeah. Sounds My guess, great. here's the other thing. If I'm going to play this two players, I think I would probably choose expeditions is my guess. Okay. Because Scythe, I, unless you're that. throwing in the bots, you can throw in the, the Automa bots for Scythe and that changes it up. But if you're doing that area control, you're not, you're not meeting each other as much on the, you know, on the regular board. Now I'd, I've not played with the modular board and I'm always told that that really makes the game so much better. I just don't have the modular stuff for that. So maybe I should pick that up. But, but as of now, I would say if I'm playing two player, I'm probably going to play expeditions. Gotcha. Cool. That's exciting. That's my number five scythe. And then, <laughs> you know, expeditions maybe somewhere in there as well. Who knows? <laughs> Soon to be making the top 50 potentially. That's right. Um, so my number five, um, does involve combat, uh, it's a new release. (laughs) Well, no, (laughs) it it, it is a 2021 game. So, you know, not a new release, but still pretty recent. You know, it's just that good. All this means is that games continue to get better. Sure. That's what it means. They have so many great shoulders to stand on. And, and this is one, too, that stands on some great shoulders because, one, it's the last game of a trilogy. You know, it's the third installment of a trilogy by one of Meepletown's favorite designers, Eric Lang. This is Ankh, Gods of Egypt. Great game. Great pick. Of course it is. Um, the, the art by this is Adrian Smith. We love Adrian Smith stuff. You know, he did things for Rising Sun and, um, and Blood Rage and the, the Mordred game that may or may not have gone off of the thud. It still made Simon money. It's not Adrian Smith's fault. But he did the art on this along with Thierry Masson and Nicholas Fructus, and published by Simon. Two to five players, 90 minutes. Uh, I forgot to double check this. Last I checked, it was two, 215 overall. And this is, of course, an area majority game um, to go along with the rest of those laying historic mythic trilogy games. And But in this one, you're playing as an ancient Egyptian god competing to survive as society is beginning to forget the old ways. And so one of the neat things about this is that it's got this action track board with four action tracks that you're moving down. And you can take two actions on your turn, but the second action has to be 
listed below the first action that you took there on the board because they kind of get more powerful as they go. So if you took like the very bottom action on as your first turn, you're not getting a second action on your turn. You've got to wait to your next turn. So, so it's super cool. And so when someone gets to the end of that track, it triggers an event. And the event track is at the bottom of your action board. And events can be anything from claiming control of a monument or building a caramel caravan that separates the board into different regions, uh, which of course allows you to change the combat order as well. Because by by caramel other... caravan. Sorry, I have to interrupt. You mean yeah. camel caravan, not caramel caravan. Did I say <laughs> You did, which is, that would be quite entertaining. Though. That would be, that would be great. The camel <laughs> caravan. Now, if it was caramel camels, that would be even, even better. The, the camel caravan um, separates the regions and lets you change the, the combat order because one of the other events that will happen on that track is combat and combat is super streamlined. It's, Basically, basically determined by how many figures and monuments you control in that region, plus whatever whatever cards you play, um, and you can add the value of those cards and any of its special abilities to your combat. But you only have so many cards, and when you play them, you can't get them back until you play your like action retrieval card. And so uh, it's so it's so clever, and of course, it has the 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 merge rule that you either love or you hate. I think it's crazy clever and thematic. Uh, what a great catch-up mechanisms where the bottom two gods on the basically the, the the score track, the influence track, will merge, and you know, one god loses some stuff, but but gains other things, and, and vice versa, and they're kind of playing together as one as one god. But that one god now gets two turns between the two players. So again, you love it or you hate it. I think it's great. The game is so streamlined and so smart. It's like, and I've, I don't think I said this, I'm pretty sure I heard this from somewhere else, but it's like Eric Lane designed a Kinesia game, which mm. just screams success to me. And that's why it's my number three. Yeah, great game. And you don't have to play with that merge rule. You know, there's you don't. the cool thing about this is the scenarios that you have in the book too that that change things up. And yeah, I had a conversation about this game this weekend yeah, and it really made me want to play it again. I I really enjoyed this game. I think I was at like an eight and a half on this one. Mm-hmm. Um, the problem is finding the right people with this one. I think it's a little bit. It is. It's easier to find people to play Blood Rage. Less hard to find people to play Rising Sun and Ankh. Both of those have some issues. That I say issues. Both of the games are fantastic, and you know, top one hundred games for me. But there are some issues that people have with both of those other games. And so it's a little bit more difficult to find the right people. But yeah, I would play right. this one with you for sure. I yeah. love it. It's so fun and beautiful. The sculpts and all that stuff. It comes with all the Simon goodness expansions and boxes and miniatures out the wazoo. Um, if you had a wazoo in Egypt, <laughs> I don't know that they do. But either way, I have my all number- the stuff. <laughs> yeah, I have do all the you? stuff okay. for this one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Same. I've not played with all of it, but I've got it. And I want to play with all of it soon. And that is my number three, Ankh, Gods of Egypt. All right. I'm sorry, not, not, not my number three. My number five. That was my number I, five, 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 Ankh, Gods sorry. of Egypt. My bad. That's right. My number four, look who's having a hard time counting now. Yeah, um, finally. Top ten, I'm crumbling. My number four has moved up over the years. Uh, it has not always been in my top ten, although I think it was last year. I'm pretty sure I didn't look this up to see where it was. Uh, oh. I'm going to do it anyway. I'm going to, yep, it was number eight on my list last year. Before then, it wasn't even in the top 10. 
that is The Godfather, Corleone's Empire. This one came out in 2017. This is also a back-to-back Eric Lang releases, ranked 395 overall, which I think is really good. And this is also a Come On on Games game. And this one has lots of cool things. I just played this one a couple weeks ago at a full five-player count. The game lasted longer than I would like it to uh, <laughs> and, and what everyone else at the table liked it to as well. But I'm usually... Uh, it's been a while since I played five-player. Usually we played at four. You do... I would say you need more people to play this one. Three or four is is a good number. But in this one, you are taking your workers, your workers, you're taking your thugs, you're taking your family members, you're putting them out onto the board to take worker placement. Your thugs go to a business and they shake down the front of the business. Just one action, okay? Your family members are going to go and they're going to be basically on these, like on the border of different uh, of different territories. Uh, and they are going to shake down the back of the business of all the action spaces of all the businesses in those different um, in those different territories. And you also uh, are going to have <laughs> lots of player interaction for one. Let me, let me say that. So I say you're going to put those people out. Well, they could very well die on the next turn. They either get, you know, uh, drive by shooting. It could be a car bomb that destroys everything in a space. There's lots of different things that can happen. They can get moved around. Um, you can, you know, bribe your, you pay for allies. And sometimes those allies are the police and, you know, you're, you're kind of bribing them. Um, but you, the, you, you also have area control. Uh, area majority. And so if I have the majority, I get to put one of my markers out there. Now, anytime someone takes an action at this business, I'm going to get a little bit of the, I'm going to get a little bit of the goods. I'm going to get some of the, uh, some of the money there or some of the actions that are going on in that business. Cause Hey, if you're going to do business in my territory, then, then I'm going to get, I'm going to get some kickback on this. And it's just so cool. Very thematic game for this style of game. It, it's, I think it's Eric Lang almost peak. Um, it really is. It is peak Eric Lang. The complaints that people have, one is they would like to for this to have an expansion. I would love for this to have an expansion. That probably will never happen because it's an IP. And unless they change the, the IP of this, I don't think it would ever get any extra material unless they just, I don't know. I don't know what they would have to do, but it seems as if it's just going to be the base game. The base game is enough, though. The base game is fantastic. I've got lots of plays of this over the years, and I still play it every year, usually multiple times. And it's one that I don't turn down whenever I get super excited to play this one. I have not painted up my pieces on this one, though. I probably should do that before next year to really shake things up a little bit. But love, love Corleone's Empire. Just uh, Godfather Corleone's Empire. Amazing game. You got to play this one. You know, I'm really excited to eventually... To eventually play this game. The, I, I owned this. And there was one night I remember I, was, I had set it up. I was by myself. The family was out somewhere. I said I was just going to play two-handed and learn the game because I'm super jazzed about playing. I love the Godfather movie. You know, I even put the Godfather movie in to be playing in the background while I was playing the game. But oh, what yeah. happened was I ended up just sitting and watching the movie. <laughs> I never ended up never play in the game i just sat back and watched it it's so it's so good i do love the the ip and what this game looks like it does and so yes please let's play this um i gotta play it it looks amazing it is pretty generic uh gangster theme on this one in the sense of you don't actually you know the characters don't come into play in this one 
But um, they do swim with the fishes when they're they killed. Do. You literally put the miniature in the river on the board. Yeah. And usually <laughs> that had me. <laughs> in a good game, there's a lot of people swimming with the fishes too. And there's, you know, there is some flavor text oh. on some of the not it's the name of the it's not flavor text, it's actually just the name of the cards. Like um uh, isn't there like take the cannoli or something like that? Leave the gun, yeah, take the cannoli, the gun. I think yes. might be one of the yes. might be one of the cards. I don't ever look at those. Um, it's the best part. Oh, it's so cool. It's so cool. And the, the board changes too, because as you put out different businesses, it's not always the same ones and some get left out. And so one of the resources is narcotics, which is a wild resource. Well, that might not come out on those businesses, which really changes the game whenever it comes out. If it comes out earlier, well, you might have some, a lot of crazy stuff happening because then everybody's completing this game. I, I we don't, I, we didn't have very many cards left in the deck which is nuts. So I've never had that happen before. I think that's why it took so long to play this one, but so good. So good. Godfather Corleone's empire. Mine number four. Very cool. Very cool. You know, and one of the other things just real quick about, about Godfather again, haven't, haven't played it, but the components of that, that's the one you've got like these little trunks, right? That you're putting your money in. That's super cool. The components of that, you're putting them in a briefcase. Or, or is it a tr- it's a you're, suitcase you're, yeah yeah you're suitcasing your your money so and you have to announce it suitcasing <laughs> five or something like that right right yeah. so nobody can take it from you correct well you can or, or actually can, oh, okay okay and so, so you you have different you have different like you have one two three and five dollar bills if you only suitcase fives then people are going to come in there and take it. They're going to know that you did that. Gotcha. Um, they don't get gotcha. to choose, but they can say like, I'm playing this card. You have to give me three money cards. And so you have to suitcase some $1 bills in there too, just so that you're prepared for that. Um, gotcha. Very clever. Such yeah. a clever design. When 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 clever designs and components and, and art and all that stuff intertwines, that, that makes me happy. I see that in a game like Godfather. I see that in a game like my number four, which is another cult of the new game get off my back it's 2022 so what oh it's amazing goodness. it's amazing the, the components are stellar the art how it all interacts and intertwines and again it's a seasonal game when it comes racing season i'm breaking out thunder road vendetta for just bash them smash them but if i want speed if i want true pure racing i'm going heat pedal to the metal designed by uh, some of the Flam Rouge designers, uh, which I cannot pronounce the name. Please forgive me. Osger Harding Grinerud and Daniel Skjord Peterson. Uh, art by the great Vincent Dutre. Published by Days of Wonder. One to six players, 30 to 60 minutes. Number 60 overall already. It's a year old. And it's, only number si- and it's already number 60. This thing is, is climbing like gangbusters. If you haven't played it, clever hand and deck management racing game with amazing art and components, the little cards you got on the board are super cool. Um, you have your player board and you have this gear shift that you will move up and down at the beginning of your turn, which determines how many cards you can play in that round. And so you will use the cards in your hand to race your little cool um, race car around the track. I've seen some people use like micro machines or you know, hot wheels or whatever. You can do anything, but the cars, cars in the game are amazing, but you're going to use your cards uh, to race around the track. The value on the card that you play will determine how many spaces you move. And sometimes you're going to veer around corners and the corners have speed limits and how much your movement value exceeds the speed limit of that corner will determine how many heat cards, which are sitting in the middle of your player board, 
how many heat cards you have to put in your deck. And those just basically clog up your deck and keep you from doing things you want to do. But if you have to put heat cards in your deck and there aren't any left to put in your deck or, or yeah, then, um, then you spin out and bad things happen. So you're always trying to manage how much heat is worth taking um, and when to downshift to get rid of it or how to position yourself. So maybe you can draft around your opponents and get some extra uh, movement out of it. It is, it's amazing. It has a great AI system that you can use while playing solo or when you have less than a max player count, which I always use. I will always use max player cards uh, or yeah, max player count, it. even if it's just two or three of us playing. Uh, the AI is super slick. The modules you can add to it are, are great. Like you can uh, draft cards that will upgrade your cars. There's two double-sided boards uh, with four different racetracks, which can allow for a lot of variety for one, but two, it also opens up this championship system, which lets you play it like a whole racing season, which I've never done, but but that sounds like something you would enjoy doing, Dean. I know you like the game, but have you have you done the championship system where you no. play like a whole season? <laughs> no, funny enough, I ju- so I just played this this past weekend with... <clears throat> okay. Uh, with listener, actually, Maple Town listener Mike. What up, Mike? And 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 supporter of the show at that. Mike, um, Mike, 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 Mike. Mike and I sat down and and we were both talking about this because he has the game, but doesn't get to play it as much. And uh, we were both talking about solo in this one's fantastic. And and mm-hmm. like you had just mentioned, the AI is tough though. The AI is difficult. Uh, or maybe I'm just really that bad. I don't take I enough chances in this game. Yeah, you got to take. You have to take chances with the heat in this game to do well. Yeah. I think. Uh, but I really want to play through the campaign stuff of this one, and I just haven't. I've explored, you know, with the cards and things like that. Played with some of those extra cards, but I've not, not gone through the. I don't even know if I've. Yeah, I think I've played all the tracks. I think that's right. Anyway. And, and each track is different. You know, they're going to play very differently. Yes. Some are, oh my goodness, it's so clever. It's so well done. Days of Wonder, you knocked this one out of the, the park. And that's why it's my number four, Heat, Pedal to the Metal. Yeah, I, the expansion coming out for this one too. I'm excited to see oh, more. Right. Yeah, yeah. I think there's six cards, uh, six cars, five cars, five or six. But it looks like there's two more spots in the box, whatever it is. To, yeah. to play either up to seven or eight. I can't remember what that number was. Yeah, there's lots of room in that box for some expansion. So bring it. We are ready. But first, I got to get the thing in stock. Like it's You can't buy it anywhere, hardly. They got to get the base game out before you put an expansion out. I think you can now, right? Maybe I'm wrong. Oh, about is it that. available? I've not seen it. But that's cool. That's awesome. More people need to play it. Yeah, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's maybe it's almost available. I don't, it's been a while since yeah. I've looked at it. Cool, cool. We we are moving into top three territory right now. My number three is one that has been on my list for a little bit, and that is a 2018 release by Cole Worley from Leader Games. This is art by Kyle Farron, and that is Root. Mm, wow, number the, three. Oh yeah, yeah. This has been my number three. I think I think it was number three last mm-hmm. year as well. It moved up into that ter- territory. I take that back. It was number four last year. Number four. It bumped up a little bit, uh, partly because the expansion stuff that come that has come out for this. The the new mm-hmm. ah, new factions are just so cool. All the factions are are cool to explore. I think, but this is an asymmetric game where we are racing to get thirty points. I'm racing to get thirty points. You're racing to get thirty points, but. Your faction is going to play out very differently than mine, and I love to explore the the different factions. So you, the base game has four, and then the different expansions come out with, 
I think two per box, I think is what they, they all are. I don't even know how many there are at this point. I think I have everything for it, but I have not quite played all the different factions. I've played all, but maybe one or two. I can't remember, but it, it's just so neat. So you might be playing a game where you are, uh, you are programming cards and um, that's going to determine how you're going to work, how you're going to move around the board and attack. Um, I might be just taking different actions or I might be placing these little tokens out on the board. I might be trying to sell goods. I might be trying to convert followers. There's lots of crazy things that you can do in this game, but they, if they play out wildly different, but the the core of the game, you're all doing the same thing, trying to get the points. You're going to be crafting the different cards all of that, but it just plays out very differently. And every time I play this game, I'm just blown away and I love it so much. The teach is a challenge. If you're teaching new people, it is quite the challenge to, to get all of the rules in there and then also teach the what they're going to be doing for their, you know, for what what they're going to be doing for their faction. This is why, you know, I mentioned Merchant's Cove. It was a top 50 game for me as well. Merchant's Cove is a much easier sell for introducing new people. They can they can actually read through their how their factions play on their own and it's really easy to do that. This one you really do kind of need to know your stuff to be able to teach and and not have you don't want to get to the table and not know the rules very well on this one. It's just going to be not it's going to be a slog to get through probably. So right. playing with somebody who knows the game really well is going to be helpful. Ah, oh, so good. This game is so good. That is root Man, um, this is one, Maple Town, in the next episode, probably we're going to talk about some games that we think potentially would make our top 50 if we had played them. And I'm pretty sure this is going to be one of those. Uh, I've not played Root, but I do, I may call me crazy, I do own all of it. I've not played Ooh, it, okay. but I've gotten it all because I know I'm going to love it. And, and so this is one that I'm already collecting and I cannot wait to get it to the table. But because because the teach, because the time and all that kind of stuff that's involved, that falls on me. Because nobody else up here that I play with has it or, or uh, I'm not even sure but have an interest in it. But I'm going to get it played. Um, man, it just sounds amazing. I love hearing you talk about it. <laughs> I wonder if this is one that we could get played. It, it definitely is not... You can play it two players. I don't. I don't love it, um, and I have not played with the what do you call them, the mechanical bots or whatever, right? Um, which you can play it solo and add those in, or you can play a two-player game and then add one of the bots into it to make it more of a challenge. I bet that would work really well. I just haven't really explored that. And, and what do they call the uh, the recent Kickstarter? It had not like they're not new classes or factions, but they're like minions or whatever. What what's the? Yep, right, yep, yep. Right, I have whatever I have that those. is. I've not played with them. Yeah, and I hear those help in the lower player count games uh, tremendously. So maybe that's something we can throw in as well to try to play that two player because I feel like that's part of what they're designed for anyway. But so no, it sounds awesome, man. Yeah, I'd like to explore. It's one of those things. I don't, I, in this game, for me, all I really want in expansions are the, just the factions. Um, and, and that's mostly what the expansions have been, although they've, they've introduced, the, you know, the the bots, they've introduced some different maps and things like that. I don't even, I mean, I've played with the different maps, but I don't need them. I, I'm totally fine with just the normal, 
the one map or maybe even the first two maps, the winter side and the, the woodlands, you know, the, I don't know, summer side or whatever that side is. I'm totally fine with that and just the factions, but the base game of this one, there's a lot to explore. There's a lot. Yeah. There's a whole tournament scene behind this game where like, you know, they're ranking maps and yeah. factions. I mean, it is, it is crazy intense. Um, but sounds sounds unbelievable. And hirelings, I think, was the name of what we were looking yep, for. Yep, that's right. That's right. And there's so. also there are podcasts, there are YouTube yes. channels completely dedicated to root. And I get it. I really, you know, dedicated to the strategy, dedicated to, you know, kind of explaining the different factions and talking about your favorite ones and mm-hmm. all of that. It's it is bizarre how much yeah. uh of a rabbit hole people can go down this game, but I totally get it. I, and I, I mean, if you only had this game and this is what you're running with, I would be, I'd be okay with that. Yeah. I think it's a great game. Yeah. Woodland war machine was one of those podcasts that I've listened to put out by good yes. time society there. I don't, I'm again, I've not played it. I just like listen to them talk about it. So it's really good. Yep. Totally agree. That is my number three root, uh, woodland. Uh, what is it? What's the, so subtitle on that one i always forget it the war of right and might or yeah oh goodness now i have to say it now <laughs> it's just my computer's running real slow for pulling this up um as soon as this loads up a game of woodland might and right is what it is there you go well speaking of games with crazy tournament scenes my number three also falls into that category Uh, as well as a category of having lots and lots of expansions or other sets that go along with it. Probably not a surprise. My number three, the first set came out in 2019. This is Unmatched, designed by Rob Davio and Justin Jacobson, among many others, as the sets and boxes have come out, as well as the artists. There's so many artists and guest artists that have come and been a part of this amazing uh, art production and Unmatched. Published by Restoration Games, two to four players, 20 to 40 minutes. Uh, number at least Cobble and Fog is the uh, the highest rated set, so that's 178 overall. So just throwing that out there to you if you are interested. But this is a hand management tactical skirmish game with some of the best minis ever, some of the best sculpts ever. And you've heard Dean and I talk about this before. But basically, you have your main character's mini on a board, and maybe a sidekick token or some other minions, and you have a deck of cards, and you have to take two actions on your turn. You're going to maneuver, which means you draw a card and maybe move all your characters if you so choose. Uh, Or you can scheme, which is basically playing a scheme card, which gives you a special action. Or you can attack. And combat in this game is basically, I'm going to compare my card to your card simultaneously, and we'll see what the values are or other special abilities and those kinds of things uh, that will take place either before, during, uh, or after combat, or immediately, or what have you. All kinds of mind games that go on there. Um, It helps if you know the decks, of you, that you're playing that you have or that your opponent has, but it's not necessary. You can just break them out and play and just explore and have fun with that. I love more tactical games and I love card games and it's very clever how they have done all of that. And they continue to make each character feel so thematic with only a deck of, I think 30 cards. It, it does add that collectible element, which, which scratches that, that itch for me when, when I need that sometimes um, it's super fast. Uh, it's always exciting. I will always play this. And I'm super pumped about the solo and co-op uh, version of this, the Tales to Amaze, that hopefully will be delivered soon. Um, Unmatched is so, so much fun. I highly recommend that you can find something. Uh, characters from literature, mythology, uh, history. It's great. Absolutely great. 
Yeah, I'm. I'm assuming there's all kinds of podcast YouTube channels dedicated to this. Yeah, I, I haven't explored any of those things, but this is a this is a great game. You are the reason why this game made it to my top fifty. You're welcome this year, and why why it's not been on there pretty high too. What was I at? Uh, Twenty. Oh, I'm looking at the wrong list. Um, unmatched. Twenty five is where yeah, where I was. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. This well is deserved. a. Yeah, I, I don't have everything for this. I'm, I don't even have the brains and brawn yet because I was waiting for it to come out in the stores, which I think is still going to be another month or so. Um, the Mazed, I'm really interested in checking that out. And then I, I was just looking. I've been trying to see because people are guessing what the new IPs are going to be. Mm. I don't know what that is, but I in my searching, there is a set that was announced that I wasn't aware of that um, where Shakespeare is going to be a character in one of these. Uh, I, no, I could be wrong. I want to say that was from their, they had a contest for fans to uh, submit certain characters. And that's part of where the Houdini and Genie came from. And oh, I want to okay. say, I could be wrong, but I want to say the Shakespeare set or character, whatever that is, came from that. But that could just be, again, again, me mis- misremembering. But, uh, but yes, I hope that does come to fruition. I don't know if that's actually on the works or not, but that would be fun. Yeah, Houdini and Genie. I haven't played that one yet either. That's a lot of fun. Okay. All right. I'll have to check. My problem with this one is there's too much. I can't, like, it already takes up a big portion of my gaming closet. Yeah. And it that's has ex- after consolidating boxes. See, I won't do that. I feel like these storage things are specifically for them. I will not consolidate. So, therefore, they are taking up two Calic shelves right now, and there's more to come. So that is going to be a problem, but it's a problem that I am well um, willing to take on. <laughs> that, that is my number three unmatched. You like a challenge. <laughs> I do. Moving into my number two, a game that I actually had a chance to play this past weekend, and then we changed our minds to play a different game instead. Not because I didn't enjoy it, but because I was really wanting to try this other game. But this is a 2019 release, my second Stonemeyer game game games Stonemeyer games game that I talked about today. This one is also designed by Jamie Stegmeyer. That is Tapestry. Wow. Tapestry is a game uh, where you are building up your civilization. Nope, it is. <laughs> it is a it is a civilization game. Quote unquote. You can find some theme in there. I refuse to look for the theme in it, though, and I just like to play it because it's a fun game. It's a fun euro game go. where you are moving up track. Oh, gosh. I know as soon as I start talking about this, I'm going to be so bummed that I didn't play it this weekend. And mm-hmm. after watching other people play it, too, I just really, oh, really want to play this game right now. You are moving up tracks and paying to move up on those different tracks. And when you do, you're going to be taking different actions and it's the gameplay is really simple. This is what I love about Stonemeyer games. You can, and this is how it's designed. It's designed to set up really quickly, tear down really quickly, but also to be a quick teach. And this is a very short rule book where you, um, again, move up tracks. You're going to take the actions. You're going to be kind of choosing the paths that you're going to go down. Some of it is going to be exploring on this different map. Some of it is going to be battling on the map. Although, you know, the, the battling is really simple it's uh, already determined. You don't have to uh, to roll dice to to defeat anybody. 
although there is dice rolling uh, to get different resources and things like that. Um, what else can you do? You can do some collecting or really building up technologies, and those are going to give you boost as the game goes on, but also maybe some points. And lots of things are going to give you points just really depending on um, what your factions are. There's there's different asymmetrical factions in this game. Um, or, you know, just kind of what cards are going to uh, are, are going to come out. You also are building up your city, and there's an element of uh, polyomino with these amazing pre-painted miniatures that are just phenomenal. Some of the best components in any game. You're going to be put, putting those out onto your uh, onto your city, uh, onto your capital building, or excuse me, your capital board, and you're going to get points for the different lines and uh, the columns and rows that you're going to be completing. You're going to get resources as you complete a nine by nine grid, and even those are asymmetrical. Some of the different capital cities have, you know, block spots, or they all have block spots, but they're all set up and they're configured in different ways. Do you throw in the expansion stuff for this? And it is even better because you can add a a new track, an arts track, which is, again, pretty fantastic. But you don't have to. You can just play the base game of this and be totally fine. For me, I love having the expansion stuff in this. And I do think that art track really does boost it up quite a bit. What a great game this is. I love it so much. I want to go play it right now. Should I call in sick to work? (laughs) Yes. Yes, you should. Okay, I'm going to do that. Call in sick, and I'm going to play this solo by myself, I guess. Well, give me a few hours. I'll come down and join you, because I've not played this one. Uh, but I would like to. I love me a good Civ game. And um, Jamie always has a way, like you said, of making something pretty uh, approachable. And so, yeah. I, I wouldn't even call this a Civ game. It is a Civ game, but it's not. It really is not. It, part of that is because the technologies that you're building, it's one stack of technologies, and so it doesn't really make sense, you know, the the order of the way things are going to be invented right. just doesn't make sense, which is fine. It really is totally fine if you're not looking for theme. If you're looking for theme, you might be disappointed in this one, but well, I'm, I'm not. I'm, I'm not disappointed in it at all. <laughs> Obviously. The, I'm curious because this always spawns the whole, what is a Civ game debate? And I wonder, again, I'm not a huge Civ game player, so, you know, this is an outsider looking in. But I wonder if sometimes people get too hung up on trying to define what a Civ game used to be or traditionally is and can't maybe necessarily see what all a Civ game could be. And maybe it's just a different type of Civ game. Why does it have to meet the same definitions and um, stuff as as other games? But again, that's someone that hasn't played it, nor have I played lots of Civ games. I'm just listening to people debate. Like, why, why can't it just be something new? Let me, let me say just a couple things on this. Um, okay. And I don't want to belabor the point on this one. I would say, one, I don't want to yuck somebody's yum. If somebody says this is a great Civ game, I'm, I'm super thrilled for you. And I would love, you know, for, you know, fantastic. That's great. For me, at the simplest definition of a Civ game, it can look like different things. Sometimes it's not even building up a civilization. It might be building up a you know, a, your neighborhood, and it could still feel like a Civ game. What makes this not a Civ game for me is it's not very thematic. I feel like mm. the basic, for me, if I'm formulating a basic definition definition of a, a Civ game, I want it to be thematic and, and you know, have, have that theme as if you're building up something. I don't get that in this game. Uh, well, okay. I do feel like you're building something up, but it doesn't feel like, you know, this technology makes this thing work in this way. 
you're building up technology so that it gives you a new building to put on your board or it gives you points or it gives you some a tile or you know there's but it doesn't feel like i'm building up this great civilization just feels like you're putting cool buildings on the board which again is totally fine with me because it's my number two game i just i wouldn't put it in a game of like this is the best civ game ever it for me it's not but it is your number two game of all time yep it's fantastic and if you (laughs) remember from last year i even considered making this my number one game Mm -hmm. yeah um my top honestly my top four my top 10 for me are just like they could change so often but specifically i think my top four five i would say my top five especially they really could yeah like godfather might be my favorite game of all time next year i thought about it this year wow so there was cool that's very cool. My number two, Tapestry. My number two is uh, hopefully going to fill in some of those gaps that Dean is missing in his number two. This is a very thematic game. This is a very large game. There's all, there's also lots of miniatures in this. Um, it's also a great game to play during the spooky season that is coming upon us. This is a 2016 game. We've already mentioned it today. I think it was Dean's number 10. This is Mansions of Madness, second edition. Mm, I forgot you said you were going to mention that one a little bit later. Yeah. Again, uh, you already said it. Designed by Nikki Valens and Fantasy Flight, uh, number 53 overall. App-driven cooperative game with such lovely RPG flavoring. Uh, again, we, we com- you compare this a little bit to maybe Lord of the Rings, Journeys of Middle Earth. Uh, similar systems. This one takes precedent for me because uh, even though I think I do like the the card, the the mechanism of the uh, of the successes being that card play and flipping the cards over, I like that better than the dice rolling, which is still in the Mansions of Madness Second Edition. But for me, it's the theme, it's the story that really pulls me in, draws me in like a like a cultist into the uh, <laughs> a, a, a Cthulhu ritual uh, that makes me want to to play this. I just, I have everything for this. Tons of miniatures and tiles. This is the kind of game that I will put out on the table in October and leave up for a couple of weeks because it's just too much to put back in the box because I've got all of it in yeah. just the one base box. And so I just want to put it out and go through a few scenarios as I can. And, uh, oh man, the stories, again, the stories, the app, um, it's so good. Again, that Indiana Jonesy vibe for me, um, dude, it is so, so good. I look forward to October every year, just cause I know this big box is coming out again. Yeah. But yep. Won't say much more. Pick. Yep. So, um, the dark Lord rises at number two mansions <laughs> of madness, second edition. Got mine sitting down there right now. I'm like, <laughs> hmm, I should pull that out this week. I wonder if I can get that played even even before it hits October. Who knows? I don't know. Yeah, what, what a great pick. Two Arkham games for you in your top 10. That's interesting. I know. That, it probably says something about me, though, too. I'm not sure if I like it, <laughs> but it does say something. <laughs> All right. Speaking of things bleeding, um, my game came out in 2015. <laughs> This was uh, actually a, a re-implementation of a game called Midgard. I don't know if I really talk about that on here ever, but but it was. This is the Eric Lang game, of course. Again, cool mini or not, or come on game, excuse me. Come, come on, on game, game. This is 
Blood Rage. Shock Again, going shots. back to the the con I was playing at this weekend, table right next to me playing Blood Rage, and I just kept staring. I just, I, <laughs> you know, was that was that weird? I was I was just staring at these guys, staring at their staring at the game board. One thinking, wow, I wish you guys had a painted copy of this. It would make, make it so much better for you. But I always want to talk to people about it. And so I refrained this time. I did actually, I asked him a couple questions or whatever, but uh, Blood Rage, you are drafting cards and you are taking those cards to do a bunch of different stuff. It could be questing to get points. It could be, um, it can be using those cards in combat, using the cards to build up. And this is really kind of one of my favorite things is building up the clans, building up the, your warriors and your leaders and your monsters and recruiting monsters and then after you've re- after you've drafted all those, then you're going to be playing them and taking your actions to pillage, to move around the board, to put new characters out on the board, and ultimately to try to get the most points at the end of the third age. What a great game. All of those pieces work so well together. I love the drafting. I love the components, of course. I love the the tension and the um, and the timing of your placing your different characters out onto the board. The combat is really fun where you just flip over a card to determine the value, uh, the numerical value of all of your units plus that card. You can also throw a kicker in there after you get done showing your cards. Sometimes the cards will have actions that will really change things up. Like um, everybody has to discard their card and put a new card out there. And even though you know, if you know this game well, you know what cards are going to come out. But, you know, Still, it's just every time it just feels so, I want to say chaotic. And some of that is chaotic, but it's fun chaos. And uh, just such a, such a, such a good game. I don't often win this game, <laughs> which is true for a lot of games that are my favorites. A lot of my favorite games I don't do very well. Tapestry is another one of those games. But Blood Rage is just the bee's knees, as the kids are saying these days. No, they're not. Oh, they're not. They're or, not. As the kids are saying in the 20s. There you go. Is what I meant to say. The 1920s, not the 2020s. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah, I was a century yeah. off on that one. Yeah, yeah. I, I stink at this game. <laughs> it, it, it probably it probably would have made my top 50 if I could if I could actually win. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I do I do love how this one how this one plays. I can never just um, get my draft going. And you're right, this one is similar to to Inish in that like you've got to know the cards. If you're going to, if, if other people know yeah. the cards, you've got to know the cards or you're just going to get hammered. But there is something beautiful about that tension of knowing, well, so-and-so has got this potentially. Do I do this now or do this later? Um, that kind of gameplay is just so much, so much fun. So interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And you can even take a Loki strategy and, and throw the game, which a lot of people say is overpowered. I would say it's all in the drafting. If I know that Darren wants to take the Loki strategy, I'm going to have to take some of those cards, even if I don't want them. And so that right. is, that's interesting to me um, because you, yeah. you can't just let somebody run away with something. Which I feel like is evident in most drafting games. Like yeah. Seven Wonders, it's the same way. You know, Inish and others, like there's certain cards, you just can't let people collect these. So you got to pay attention. So, And I'll tell you, that's why, I, why I'm so bad is because... <laughs> I'm all about myself in these type of games. I, you know, it does it benefit me? Then I will do that right. thing, even right. if it is the wrong thing in the game, and it's going to hurt everybody else except that one person. It's all right. Look out for are number you, one. Are you okay? That's interesting because 
Does, is that the same way you play root? Because I hear like in root, you've got to be able to police the board and do things for the benefit of the table, kind of like in Blood Rage. Is that, are you still just only out for, for you, for old number one with your foam finger? No, not as much. Not as okay. much in that one. It's more in, in drafting type games, I think. Uh, that I, I, Part of it is I don't have that area in my brain where I can think through that well enough to think, oh, okay, even though this is going to help me, I probably shouldn't do it because it's going to lose me the game. I just get past the, oh, or I get to the point of, oh, wow, this looks cool. I'm going to do that every time. <laughs> <laughs> it's understandable. My number one game, Blood Rage. Blood Rage. Shock of all shocks. So my number one game (laughs) may not be a shocker either, because if you've listened to me talk, you know I've not talked about this game yet, uh, or these games yet, because this is, my number one is a cheat. It's a combining of games that all live in the same world. To me... This is hands down. I know we can debate about some of these and uh, yeah, it's all objective or subjective. This one is objectively number one, this world of games that is Gloomhaven, Gloomhaven, Jaws of the Lion and Frosthaven. Okay. I'm just lumping them all there together. Uh, Gloomhaven came out in 2017 is number three overall. Uh, should be number one. Gloomhaven, Jaws of the Lion came out in 2020, number eight overall, which is just staggering to me and Frosthaven came out 2022 just last year and is already number 59 and I think will be a top 10 game potentially in the next year or so as more people get a, get their hands on it. Part of the problem with Frosthaven is going to be from an experience and ranking standpoint, it's now so expensive, less people will get a chance to play it and it will get less rankings I'm thinking, but still amazing design by Isaac Childress. Uh, the artist, there's a plethora of artists that have done this, published by Childress's company, uh, Cephalofair Games. One of her players, 20 to 160 minutes per scenario. Uh, I said that per scenario because there are hundreds of scenarios that you can play if you combine all these all these together. It's cooperative, limited, limited communication, hand management, tactical, Euro-y legacy style campaign dungeon crawler that just has all the goodness. Um. And again, I would I would play any of these at any point in time. I love all my Haven children equally. I'm not going to like rank one over the other. They all do things that are that are different. They are the definition of epic. Big boxes, lots of classes and characters to unlock, secret stuff to discover, tons of tiles and tokens and miniatures and standees and um, a story, an interesting story that will bind all of it together. Um, again, no doubt these are the greatest. Yes, you're always fighting monsters, but sometimes you have other goals and things you're trying to accomplish. And the way you have to go about all of this will vary from scenario to scenario. And the magic is in the card play. Each card has a top action and a bottom action. You're only going to play two cards on your turn. You can only play the top action of one and the bottom action of the other. And uh, each card has an initiative value that you have to choose which one you will go with to determine the order in which you play or that your your party will play, or that the monsters will play. Because that's right, the monsters have a deck of cards that also have initiative. And you don't know when they're going until after you've already decided when you're going. And so you're planning what to do and when to do it. And you know that you won't get that card back until you rest. And when you rest, you're going to have to get rid of a card. So it's a chance. You may never see that card again, but it's your favorite card. What are you going to do? The choices are so thrilling and the stress the monsters put on you. It never gets old. My buddy Phil and I, we play this for 
Um, there have been some games, some scenarios where we've just, when we finish, we're just like, oh, we're exhausted just because of the, the tension <laughs> that went through and went into that. Um, I've played uh, Jaws of the Lion myself. I'm doing another campaign of that with, with Anna, one of our students. Um, playing, uh, we finished, Phil and I finished Gloomhaven in the past. And then now we are, like I've said before, we're working on our Frosthaven campaign now, just scratching the surface. You're making weapons and crafting items and brewing potions and building up the town. Uh, there's so much going on here. We've just just started it. Um, but yeah, there's something here for everybody. And it is so epic is the word. <laughs> I am... Jealous. I know. Yes, that is, that is, yes. You know, Jaws of Lion was, I specifically, I put that one, but also Gloomhaven. I just haven't explored Gloomhaven as much as Jaws of Lion. I just want to get this to the table more. Now, here's what you're not going to want to hear, Darren. The Xbox version of this just dropped last night, just last night or yesterday, I guess yesterday. I picked it up. I'm going to try this out. It includes Jaws of the Lion too. Ah, that's interesting. Well, it's it's a it's a downloadable element, but I did yeah. download it because it's uh it's where I'm going to start and I'm going to I'm going to try to play through this on the Xbox. And gotcha. it's possible I'll end up selling all my stuff as a result of this. Wow. I hope not. I really hope not right. because I want I really want my whole family to play this one. They just are not interested yet, but right. at some point if I can get them into to this I'm really hoping that we'll go down that rabbit hole and just have a game because we've talked about we want to have a game that we focus on that we, you know, you don't have to relearn the rules all the time and uh, everyone feels confident. It's it's fun. We're working together. So this is one that I'm I've been trying to get them to play for a while. We'll see. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. Jaws of the Lion is one. You don't have to go back and relearn the rules. But I feel like almost every week when we play Gloomhaven or even now in Frosthaven, we're always going back and checking something. I say there's something here for everybody, but obviously it's not going to be <laughs> for for everybody. But uh, but I'm I'm glad to hear that the, some of the previous uh, digital versions of this have been really well received. I'm glad that it's hitting Xbox and those kinds of things. I think it's super cool. It's such a good game. The The more people that can play this and experience this world, the better. Um, but I don't see me ever getting away from the tangible cardboard and plastic and stuff of sitting down around the table and going through this. It, Man, it just evokes so much of that... Um, big epic game night RPG kind of storytelling dungeon crawly adventure that in my brain will always be associated with, with board gaming. And somehow Isaac tapped into that uh, in such a way that hits people. And I've never seen anything or heard of anything do it quite like this Um, to be this blend, this perfect blend of like video games and RPGs and board games all in one whatever form that needs to take for others to play it or experience this phenomenal, but uh man, no doubt greatest, greatest ever all time. The goat, no diggity, no, no doubt. Darren says. That is right. The goat. I would not say no diggity, no doubt. <laughs> goat. Yes. Well, this has been our goat list of Word. our top 10 games of all times. Now, What's what? What do we have to look forward to now? Now that we've done this, you just stop listening to Maple Town. There's nothing else. It just, we peaked out. We're taking a vacation. That's <laughs> this has been work. 
We'll see you in January. No, actually, we will see you next week where we're going to be looking kind of back on some of these. We've got some conversation that we want to have beyond just this top 50 list. Uh, We're going to be looking at uh, in the Meeple Town Guild. People have been posting some of their favorite games. We're going to be talking about some of that as well. Darren's going to be getting some information out there so that you can let us know what your favorite games are. We can talk about those. And then also, because we're in a time crunch, we need to talk about our top Essen games. And so look forward to that. Next week's episode could be 19 hours long. Who knows? <laughs> Jam-packed of Meepletown goodness. That's right. But this has been fun. I've enjoyed doing this top 50. We'll talk about more of this next week. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can reach out to us through uh, through email for one. I guess I don't talk about that one as much, but MeepletownMail at gmail.com. Ask your questions there. We need more mail for the mailbag. That would be great. Um, also just to let us know, you know, what your favorite games are. We'll talk about those on the, on the episode as well on one of these episodes. If you would like to connect with us through social media, it's at Meepletown games on Facebook X and Instagram. That's right. And you can also connect with us on the guild 3407 on boardgamegeek.com. But most importantly, I always want to push people to the discord because we have lots of great real time conversation in there. Pretty much every day. There's stuff being talked about. Sometimes people are posting pictures of games, talking about games, talking about nonsense. If you want to join in on those conversations as well, lots of cool things to be talked about. But until next time, thanks for coming down to Meeple Town. Later. All right, Darren, throwing this out there, even though we're going to talk about this next week a little bit, this is a little sneak preview maybe. If there was one game that's not on your top 50 list, that has the chance of making your list for next year, what game would that be? Or one that would jump up really high? Well, rats. I've already talked about two of them already. I feel like Root and Godfather are the first two that that come to mind. But I want to say something that's that we haven't talked about yet. I'm going to look this up. I've got a list somewhere. Well, I can go ahead and share mine. Go ahead. Um, even though this is just a one play that I got of art society that's not even out yet that Mm. has a chance to potentially make my list it is a oh it's so good so good steph hodge taught us to this this weekend it feels like a canizia even though it's not a canizia it's a wallace mike wallace i think is the designer's name of this one something wallace okay yep what you got that's exciting no i think for me um man I've, i've got such a huge list i cannot wait to talk about these games um, in the next podcast, but one that I will say here that maybe you expect, maybe not mage night. Oh, Vlada Shavatel. Yeah. yeah. And again, as a solo game, I'll probably never play this with anybody else. This is one I've heard is just best at solo, but, uh, but yeah, that's what I'm super jazzed about. I think it fits a lot of the stuff that I'm already into. That would be great.